Today's episode with Matthew A. Basil surpassed all of my expectations. So much fun. We riff on things like Vanilla Sky, if you ever saw that movie. We riff on uh, It's a Wonderful Life, um, A Christmas Carol. There's so many different stories that kind of thread in and weave their way into it. Uh, And yet it's something wholly and completely different. What a surprise. Uh, I tell Matthew at one point in the episode that it's probably the first story episode that I've been a part of where I really deep dive into the thematics of stories. So if you're not a writer, basically that's thinking about the big what's the behind a story. Why are you writing? What is your message? And this one was one that gripped me tightly because I am always at inflection points. It feels like as humans, I suppose we are, but I've been thinking a lot about growing up maybe uh, with a little bit of a Midwestern flavor because both of my families were Midwestern um, and hard work is at the center of everything that I value. I start to wonder, working hard is so important. You hear the phrase thrown around now, working smart. I don't know. It just feels, it feels like both of those things are missing the mark. They're not what I'm hungry for anymore. What I'm hungry for is a different kind of work, working meaningfully. Sometimes I think I waste work. In fact, I've noticed, uh, and writers probably can relate to this, I've noticed over the last couple of weeks that I've been favoring the marketing side of my book. And that when I want to quiet my mind to do the writing of the next books that are coming out, that have to come out, that have scheduled dates to come out, uh, The Nine Lives of Marva DeLonghi is already out there in the world. The Eight Ball Magic of Suzy Q is coming in June of this year. And the third installment of the nine book series is coming out in January of 2024. So I got three books that need to be written and I am (laughs) going to really have to amp it up. But this marketing thing, because it's busy, because it feels like work, because I can feel the results right away, uh, it's alluring. And then sitting in front of the computer, getting the writing done, you don't you don't feel the money dropping into the metaphorical piggy bank. Anyway, so I've been thinking about thematics, and I think that this episode really helped me to just settle into that thought pattern for a little while and realize maybe hard work is not everything it's chalked up to be. If you hear the buzz saw in the background, that is my wife using a power tool. And we're finally putting plumbing in our bathroom upstairs so that we don't have to walk downstairs in the middle of the night to use the toilet. Um, TMI, I don't care. It's my show. (laughs) I'm going to ask a third time, but it'll feel like the first time for you. Uh, If you are listening on Spotify, I am trying to get people to leave a five-star review. You can do it while you're listening. You don't even have to interrupt the experience and you don't have to write a review. They only take star ratings. So if you think this is a five-star show and you're listening on Spotify, do me a favor, hit the stars on the menu page and go out and get some power tools while you're listening to this episode, because you're going to want to like destroy something and build it back up. Matthew A. Basil is amazing. He has a novel out. He's going to tell you several times about it. And you absolutely have to pick up the novel. I know I will be and reading it real soon. It's going to jump the queue to the front of my list. You can buy my books. You can buy his books. You can rate this show. I'm asking you to do everything. You're like running on the treadmill of TRBM. Thank you so much. Please enjoy my conversation with Matthew A. Basil. If you've ever watched an author read in public and felt bored, TRBM is the antidote. TRBM is for writers what time-lapse was for painters. Guitar solos and spotlights were for bands. What chainsaws and ice blocks were for sculptors. What does TRBM stand for? 
tennis rebels bring maturity? Teenage rascals belong in museums? Tepid red bongo music? You decide. Uh, I write sci-fi fantasy. My book, um, Dreaming, is on pre-sale currently, goes on sale officially January 25th, uh, Barnes & Noble and Amazon. It's available ebook and paperback, and it's published through Free Minds Publications, which they're also on Twitter as well. How did you uh, strike that partnership? Luck, to be honest. Um, cool. they, they were, uh, they were, they're pretty new. Mm-hmm. And so they were, they were, they were very hungry um, when I approached them. And I heard about them because a friend of mine who I actually did an interview for promoting his book for another organization I used to do work with, because um, his book has some mental health themes. And I used to work for a mental health advocacy organization. Cool. Um, I've, I'm on hiatus right now. We'll see if I return, okay. depending, I guess, on how my book goes. But, um, yeah. but anyway, I was doing an interview with him. We hit it off. We, you know, decided, you know, he knew I was a writer too. I think that was why I was assigned the interview. Um, and so we kind of, you know, back and forth a few times, you know, through the mm-hmm. process because he was a published author. And you know, I, I went to him at one point, and I was just like, my book's, you know, kind of outside the box. I found a few publishers, you know, I think would be a good fit, but they're not taking mm-hmm. out. You know submissions yet, and he's like, "Well, why don't you, you try the one I'm publishing with right now?" He said they're hungry. He said, so, um, you know, I, I reached out to them and they, they yeah, accepted. So, because I don't, I don't think at the time they had any sci-fi fantasy books on their okay. dockets. So, so that's yeah. why I think they jumped on it. Right now, the way that the the landscape looks to me, and you know, I I could change my opinion. I'll reserve that right always. <laughs> but from what I'm seeing, always. Small, yeah, exactly. Small, small publishers are probably uh, the best way to go if you're going to go with a publisher. Uh, yes. As much as I want the prestige, I say this all the time. My <laughs> listeners are probably tired of hearing it. As much as I want the prestige of having FSG stamped on the spine of one of my books, right? In terms of just economics and and total business sense, um, you know, self publishing is the best way to go if you can handle the whole. Apple cart, but if package, you, yeah. yeah, if, if you need that help with, with getting, you know, formatting and so some of the upfront costs, uh, expedited or taken care of, I should say, in, mm. in terms of like your, your cover, your graphics, all of that kind of stuff. A publisher can be great and small publishers, they really, really tend to care about each individual book at a level where the object you hold in your hand or read on your device is going to be pristine. And so I like that. I just don't, I don't feel like FSG is doing that anymore. 2% of their authors get 90% of their attention probably. Yeah. I actually talked to another author that I, um, that I, um, is in a writer's group with me and he's, you know, been published by the big what is it for now or whatever he's he's been published by the big four he's been published by indie publishers i think he even self-published something at one point um and he says you know the indie publishers are kind of his favorite in all honesty yeah. because he's he said kind of same thing you said that the indie publishers actually care and they want to work with you mm-hmm. and they're kind of in it with you together and you have someone kind of having your back in that way yeah. whereas you know the obviously indie um, i'm sorry self-publishing you're you by yourself yeah. and then indie public the uh, big four he said you know they'll put your book on a shelf if it doesn't sell in three months they, mm-hmm. they move on to the next one because it's such a saturated market yeah yeah 
You know, it's funny. I don't, I, I think that's the excuse they make. I don't know if I think books are sat- saturated and, and I don't want to talk about this too long. My, um, my, my podcast used to be a marketing show. And so it's real easy for me to just like jump into talking about marketing. Cause I love, <laughs> I love thinking about it and kind of sometimes dispelling myths. There are a lot of, of, uh, independently published or self-published authors out there who, uh, are gumming up Amazon. So there's millions of books on there. However, right. I, I really think because of the quality of some books and the effort and thoughtfulness that goes into some books that are self-published, those ones do actually rise to the top. Whereas you might not always see the best writer rise to the top in the traditionally published world because of certain factors that are outside of your control to some degree. I think you do see it in self-publishing if yeah, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, is yeah. it feels saturated, but in reality, a lot of it is noise, and there's only one real pure radio station to to kind of use a <laughs> metaphor. So, yeah, I could see that. I think, yeah. I, I think sometimes, I mean, that happens in Hollywood too. I mean, Hollywood mm-hmm. changed over the last you know five ten years, especially oh, yeah. with the COVID stuff. But you know, back when I like went to film school, which you know, mm-hmm. several decades ago, um, you know, it was it was kind of that where like, yeah, the indies didn't get the publicity, but a lot of times there was an edge to them that the Hollywood machine didn't allow, and there was a yeah. care to them because there was such passion put into those things because people weren't. It wasn't just a paycheck; they weren't just okay. Yeah, I'm gonna get the hundred million dollar or whatever paycheck and everything like that. So I do think that's. That's where you. Ha- that's why people go to the indie stuff is because there is so much care, and you can get stuff that's outside the box, stuff that's a little bit more raw. I had one guy tell me that he's like, you know, you want the why people go to indie is because it's raw, it's more, mm-hmm. you know, it's less polished, it's less, you know, manufactured. So yeah, yeah. I, I do, I do say that even though I think there's a ton of authors, like you said, out there on Amazon, that yeah. when you really have a good one that really resonates, it does rise to the top. And it's a lot easier, I think, to do that when you're not having a big company, like a big publisher on top right. of you on that. Yeah. Well, let's do the, the a little a little commercial break to state the title of your book, where people can find it. In case anybody drops <laughs> off listening to the podcast, I at least want them to be able to hear your book title and know where to find <laughs> it if, if they just get busy or something. So what, what, well, what do you want people to buy? <laughs> And I appreciate that. As yeah, say. of course. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, my book title is called Dreaming. It is a Matthew A. Basil is my name. So, you know, because like we said, there's a lot of books out there, algorithms. Sometimes you have to search my author name and the title to find yeah. it. But it is Dreaming by Matthew A. Basil. And Basil spelled just like the spice, but with an E on the end. And it's available, like I said, in Barnes & Noble's website. And it's available on Amazon, both in electronic format and in paperback format. Awesome. Sounds beautiful. Uh, and while we are doing a little commercial break, if you're listening on Spotify right now and you want to go ahead and give this podcast an honest star rating, I would love that. I'm really trying to bulk up my Spotify uh, cred just a little bit. So if you're listening on Spotify, hit the star rating while you're listening. It'll let you do that right now. And moving on to the storytelling portion of the podcast. You go to work. Your boss calls you Lotario. Your name isn't Lotario. No matter how much you correct her, she only laughs and says, you're such a riot, Lotario. In the employee lounge, your coworkers surprise you with a cake and a song for Lotario's birthday. Why is this happening? So you responded to this tweet. Maybe you accidentally slipped into an alternate reality where you are, in fact, known as Lotario and you didn't 
realize it. This is really fun. I had a guest on the podcast. I haven't released his episode quite yet named Jason Starr. He wrote a book called The Next Time I Die. It's published with Hard Case Crime, a fantastic smaller-ish press. They've done a lot of Stephen King's kind of crimey books, so it's hard to call them a small press, but they're not uh, they're not the big five. Uh, and really kind of similar idea that you don't even know that you slipped into an alternate reality and you're in, in his book, he's the same person, but, uh, or the same name, but a very different kind of person. So I'm excited to tell the story and see where it goes. Um, it's your storytelling. Just be super relaxed and, and rock and roll. Let's see here. All right. So you wake up and you, everything looks normal. You go through your daily routine. So we get through, it's just a monotonous routine of work. You then, enter into your office people start calling you Victoria you try to correct them they laugh at you and they're like oh, stop kidding around or yeah oh geez yeah I know it's all I know it's Thursday but I mean come on we're almost at the end of the week and then you <laughs> you think it's odd you try shaking it off you know because you haven't had your morning cup of coffee yet so you go get the morning cup of coffee and there's a birthday cake they say surprise to you and it's your birthday and it's Victoria and the name Victoria is on the cake. Now you're very, very confused. You try explaining to people, they look at you weird, and you basically run out of the kitchen and run back to your um, computer and you look it up, and the email address is also Victoria. You know, you had to notice it when you first got there because you were busy getting your coffee. Then you look at your wallet and your driver's license also says Victoria. Now you're panicked. You start pinching yourself, thinking you're a dream. You turn to your friend, coworker, who's uh, check, walked up and checked up on you, named, uh, we'll call him Bob. <laughs> it's <laughs> and, always Bob. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always Bob. I actually did a short <laughs> film uh, that, well, no, we never actually came to fruition, but we, we were writing a script and we were, we were at the point where we were starting to get location scanning and everything like that for a short film where it was about a guy named Bob. And he found a cell phone with Bob contacts all on the phone. It was a whole spy thriller or whatever. Mm. But anyway, so, so I always go to Bob when I can't think of something. I but, think Bob, <laughs> yeah, I think Bob is great. I do it too, yeah. <laughs> so we'll say, sorry. <clears throat> So we'll say Bob asks you to, you know, he's like, what's wrong? And uh, he said, my name's not Latoria. It's Matthew. I'll use my own name for my own thing. I'll put myself in the first person there. Um, And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, we've known each other for years. He said, this isn't me. This isn't this, this, and he look, you know, he points to his driver's license. I point to my driver's license, whatever. Uh, Matthew points to his driver's license and says, this isn't me. This isn't me. And he says, what do you mean that it's not you? It's right on your driver's license. He said, who's playing this trick on me? He starts, uh, you know, thinking it's a practical joke trick. Mm. And and he starts saying, and Bob gets more and more confused. And he's like, dude, you know, like, you you need to to go home or something like that? Are you having like some kind of breakdown? And Matthew Latoria gets, gets gets up and just you know, walks out and then notices that his car, when he, cause he's going to his car to try to, you know, collect himself. He notices that his car is a different color and he mm. did not notice that when he got into there, he swears. How does he find it? The car? Yeah. 
Well, he goes, he's like the bomb or something. He walks out of the car, like the garage and he can't find it anywhere. He's like, what the hell? And so he pushes, you know, the lock button and he's like, wait, wait. He's like, exactly. My my car, right model, right make, right year, wrong color. Wrong color. Exactly. And he swears up and down that it was a green car when he drove to work, but now it's a red car and he doesn't know how. He changed. He changed. This is a it. Really strong detail. I like it so much because green. <laughs> it, seriously, green is a certain mood, and red is a totally different mood. And it sets up. I think it foreshadows maybe the kind of person that Lotario has been up to this point. When there's whatever kind of swap. The other thing I really liked this idea. You can throw it in your back pocket if you want to riff on it at all. Is I really like the idea of of the office area. Two things I thought of when you were telling the story. One, the when he walks away and sees the birthday cake and kind of gets freaked out and then goes back to his cube or wherever he's working, I really wanted the boss at that point to be like, you know, you can't walk away without locking your computer for security reasons, <laughs> you know? And so I thought that would have been really fun to have that kind of like office moment that grounds you in just the every day. Uh, and then the other thing I thought about was what if the business that you're in is a really high stress business, whether it's some something like stock trading options, something like that, or even, um, you know, something like dirtier and grittier, like you're, you work for a contract hired killer company. And <laughs> so you, know, you do that, you've got this birthday cake, there's opportunities for humor. Cause you're like, what kind of, what kind of murderers have birthday parties for Lotario? <laughs> you know, there's, there's endless opportunities I was thinking about as, as we're in this like office setting. But anyways, again, your story, let's run. Okay. All <laughs> right. Um, well, let's let's I, I, I let's use one of your suggestions here. So he's he's staring at the car. He's trying he's checking the thing, checking the license plate and everything like that. But the color is different. And then he hears his Locoria, his name, his other name shouted, and it's his it's his boss who he recognizes. However, now he's noticing his boss has a little bit of a uh, his boss is usually clean shaven. He now has a little mm. bit of a beard. So now there's a slight difference that he did not notice at first. And then his boss comes, but it's his boss. And his boss comes out and he starts shouting. He's like, where are you? You need to get back to work. We have contracts to, you know, <laughs> verify. And, you're, you know, your phone's, you know, lighting up with uh, with clients, you know, the boss speech. And Taria slash Matthew says, you know, did, when did you grow that beard? And he's like, what are you talking about? I've had this beard since, you know, last summer. And he, and, and basically Lotaria is now very confused. He doesn't know what to do. He's like, I'm, I'm not Lotaria. There's something, there's something, you know, he says, I, I, I have to take, well, actually he doesn't say Lotaria. I'm sorry. He says, he says, I, I, I'm sorry. I got a call that uh my niece is uh is in the hospital and i need to you know go see her and he says what i didn't know you had a niece you can't you know and he's like no no i'm sorry i really need to go see you know see her so the boss says fine you know but this is coming out of your personal time and you know and i'm taking the whole day Mm -hmm. you know but i'm only letting you go because it's your birthday (laughs) and Ah, (laughs) so so he uh you know, so he looked. He boss walks away. Lotaria jumps in the car. He goes back. He drives back home, and now his home, his house that he lives in, is also a different shade of color. Now it's instead of a blue, it's now in like rustic orange color. <laughs> <laughs> so he 
he doesn't he walks around the house he attentively checks his key it turns in and it's there and he um you know walks in he starts looking around most of the stuff looks pretty normal he looks at the dishes they look pretty normal and, you know he looks at his bed it's unmade like he normally you know leaves it and he looks um then he notices a picture frame and in the picture is him and a woman that he does not recognize. <laughs> mm, all so, right, I like this. So uh, the coworkers are all pretty much the same people, but a little bit different. But his his significant other isn't a totally different person, uh, ripe with opportunities because that suggests that the the person that you partner with can really change the the person that you are, which might explain why now he's a red car driving, orange house owning kind of a person. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So he looks, stares at the picture. He doesn't know who the woman is. He takes out his phone and he flips through the contacts. And sure enough, there is a name, Lauren. He does not have, I mean, sorry, not, I will make it a little more uh, exotic name. Uh, Sonia, uh, we'll say, is there. We'll say uh, there's a Sonia. All there. you Sonias out there, very exotic name. I love it. <laughs> I, I can't think of a Sonia I no, know personally. Uh, right. I know like three Laurens personally, so that's why I figured. Yeah, absolutely. No, I like I like Sonia. I was I was just jumping in. I, I, I no offense it. against the name Sonia. I actually like it, but uh, you know, but uh, better than Lauren. <laughs> no offense against the Laurens out there either. But you have a boring um, name, Lauren. Okay, get over yeah. it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was trying to think. Like I was like actually looking through my phone book. I probably would come up with like two Laurens already, but I don't think I have any Sonias in there. So. <laughs> Um, so anyway so for creativity's sake uh, and the sake of the story (laughs) he notices the name Sonia again no offense to Sonia's or Lawrence (laughs) out there he notices the name Sonia and he he can't recall knowing a Sonia he shakes a little bit and he hesitates and then he hits the dial hears it ring a couple times a very sultry voice you know answers and he says, hello. And he says, oh, hey, look. And she says, oh, hey, Latoria, what's up? And I thought we weren't meeting till after you got done work. And he's like, um, do I know you? And she laughs. Oh, and she's wow. like, oh, you're such a kid. You're such a kidder, Latoria. <laughs> she's like, um, she's like, stop teasing me. And she says, so uh, or did you get out of work early? Do you want to meet up now? And he's like, and he hesitates and he thinks for a moment and then he says, yes. And she's like, all right, do you want to meet at your place or my place? And he says, uh, how about we meet at, and he names the Starbucks on, I don't know, uh, Spruce Street. <clears throat> and she says, um, okay, sure. You want to get a cup of coffee? That's fine. I can, I can use another caffeine shot. And so she's like, I'll see you there in 10 minutes. And he's like, okay. Like <laughs> kind of mumbles it. <laughs> and, and she hangs up. And so now he goes there to try to meet her to get, you know, some answers basically. So he paces back and forth for a little while, you know, trying to contemplate and, and, you know, think of this. He's like, what am I doing? Who do I meet? You know? And he's like, this is the only way I can find some answers to what's going on. And so he goes and meets her. And she, uh, you know, he sits at the coffee shop. He gets there before her and, you know, he's nervous. He's tapping. He's, he's, he got it. He has a cup of coffee, but he's not drinking it. He's, you know, tapping his leg. It's, you know, shaking and everything like that. And the woman from the picture, 
sure enough, does enter through the door and walks in. She gives him a great big hug and a kiss. Uh, it's an enjoyable kiss, but it's a kiss from a stranger as far as he knows he's concerned. <laughs> uh, I like that as the I like that as the title for the story. A kiss from a stranger feels uh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I like that title too. I I feel we'll run with that. Um, <laughs> and so they sit down. So she's, so she's like, "So what happened? I thought you said you were going into work, and then we were going to meet up afterwards because you didn't want to, you know, use up a, any more personal time before our trip." And he says um and he kind of is trying to mumble for words and he says uh a tra- trip to where and she's like what is wrong with you today did you guys celebrate without me last night and now you're hung over and he's like no i just uh she's like you know we're going to mexico uh, in mm. another month and so he he's kind of sits there he's like oh yeah that's right do you remember that movie uh vanilla sky it was uh, with Tom Cruise. And she's like, oh, yeah, I don't I think I remember it. Why are you bringing that up? And she's like, I don't think I she's like, that movie was like 20 years old. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, you ever thought what would happen if you woke up one day and your world was like completely different? So pause real quick, because is that is that actually the plot of Vanilla Sky? I've never seen the movie before. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but basically, yeah, yeah he keeps okay. shifting in and out of reality. It's like his, his, um, ah. he has a girlfriend and he has a different girlfriend in one reality and the other. And like, he's like, oh, yeah, so like, he actually is like blipping between two realities. Blipping, yeah. There's okay. like the most, it's like I said, it's been a while because I think it came out in 2001, sure. but like the big rumble scene I have besides the end when he like falls off the building because he's falling into reality, but, um, is like, He's making love to or he's sleeping with his one girlfriend and all of a sudden she changes into the other girlfriend and he's uh, like freaking out at her like basically yeah. because he he thinks that they're both real people and she did something. Mm-hmm. He hasn't at that point figured out that it's two different realities. He thinks she did something to the other woman yeah. and is like a stalker because that's the thing like she's coming at him and she's a stalker. So I'm, yeah. I'm riffing a little bit on that. Stuff. I love it. I love it. It's interesting, too, because earlier in the story, as, as we were telling it, I was thinking of uh the uh it's a wonderful life i was like you know this is Mm -hmm. this is loosely that kind of a format where uh, in in his world one change makes everything unrecognizable changes people so i was thinking about that and then i was also thinking uh it's a wonderful life is honestly just a retelling of a christmas carol and why am i now almost 40 years old and i'm just realizing that like everybody (laughs) listening listening right now already knew that but hey it was a a revelation for me so all right I didn't know that, but yeah, you know, you said that. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. It's really just a revamping of it. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, good. There's two of us. Yeah. So there's two of us at least. Yeah. Carry so, on. Mind blown. All right. All yeah. right. So she's like, yeah, but he's like, well, what if you woke up one day and your reality was like different? And she's, she's like, why are you talking about these things? We, you know, she's like, I thought you got through your, you know, stage with your, all your psychics mm. and voodoo magic and everything. Like Ooh, that. good detail. And he's like, oh, well, you know, uh, I, he's, and he, he starts fumbling because he doesn't, re- you know, he's like, I, he doesn't remember doing any of that stuff. And he's like, um, no, I, I guess I, uh, I, I didn't. And she's like, you're not seeing your ex again. Are you are you starting to see your ex mm, again? Like, are okay. you? And he's like, no. He's like, you know, why? You know, I haven't been on any names. He's like, I haven't been anywhere near Main Street. And yeah. she's like, I thought her shop was on um, 
Oh, hmm. <laughs> I thought, you know, last I did. And he's like, oh, well, that's, you know, she, I, she's like, why would you know she moved? And he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, he kind of backpedals and he's like, no, yeah. I, I, I meant Elm. I'm sorry. I was getting confused with the, with the streets. I, I, I swear I haven't t- touched her. Okay. So two things, one, one for my clarity, the ex-girlfriend is the actual girlfriend from his other reality is that is that how you're setting this up no or, he doesn't know okay. either one he's he's unaware of either one but apparently gotcha. in this reality he has it he has an ex but i like that that was originally what i was going with but i like the idea that it's a separate ex so okay. when he will i'll probably have him when he walks in there he recognizes her as like a high school sweetheart that he used to know Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, because I, like I was thinking, what I what I was thinking about when you were, I think I maybe um, went somewhere else in my brain for just a moment because Sonia, he doesn't know, um, so and so when she know. mentions when he mentions or when she mentions an ex girlfriend, mm-hmm. that would be equally confusing. And I think I thought you were saying that he still knew she had a shop on Elm. So then I was trying to reconcile oh, those details. He's trying to figure out where it is because he's thinking that maybe she'll be able to help since she's into There you are. There you are. Okay. So one thing that I want to drop into this story, uh, I, I'm, I'm totally oriented to it now, is I really, really love, and this is my own thing, but I love having explanations for magic when possible. So I think that Haruki Murakami probably does it as well as anybody else. And he doesn't always give uh, examples necessary or uh, reasons for the magic. 1Q84 is another story very similar to this one where the main character steps into a different reality with multiple moons and all kinds of weirdness. Um, beautiful book. If you're listening and haven't read it, it's a big one, but it is so worth it. And if you haven't read it, Matthew, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's similar to this story in some ways. Um, the, the What I was thinking about, though, is is that the the psychics, the mediums, the fact that you dropped that detail was so potent. It was so perfectly placed. And I want that to be now, if not the actual reason for this alternate reality thing, the red herring that he starts to chase. I really like that as an idea that maybe he got involved in some kind of like potent fortune telling thing. And, and there's like some reality to it. And she, like he, he actually creates a reality swap by digging into it. So he has this really strong phase of seeking out mediums to try to fix something that was broken in his life. And then his girlfriend, wife, Sonia, whoever, however, she's exactly related to him as a significant other convinces him he needs to stop doing it. And he, he has a time where he's like away from it as an addict, you know, and he's, he's, he quits cold Turkey, but then he gives in, he goes back and he sees, he hears of this very powerful medium slash fortune teller who is legitimate. And he goes and She's the, 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 the way that this happens. I love that idea of the magic. You know what? Again, you never have to take my story ideas, but I'm very, very, I'm going to write that story. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go for it. You have my full permission. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, okay. So, so yeah. So now we're on the page. So he, he, okay. So he's, so he drinks the coffee and he's, you know, trying to say, so, uh, you know, where are we? Where are we meeting for dinner again tonight? She's like, I, she's like, are you sure you're okay? Because you're not remembering anything these these days. She's, she's like, no. She's like, I was just up late last night. You know, forties. You know, a big, a big thing. She's, uh, you know, a big year for me to turn. And she's like, and she laughs again. She's like, oh, you kidder. You know, you're, you know, turning forty five. And so now he's also realizing he's five years older in this reality. So now wow. he's like. You know, so so now he's like really like freaked out, and mm-hmm. so he, he like 
the rest of the stuff she goes over. In it's head. hard turning 40. I mean, it's a terrifying right. thing. <laughs> and now he's turning 45. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> so even worse. So now he's like really like twisting the cup and everything like that. And um, he, he says, uh, I, I need to use the bathroom real quick. I'm sorry. And he goes <laughs> to use the bathroom and he like grabs like a magazine off of there and like, you know, goes in the bathroom and then he comes out. He like tries to like, Use the magazine to hide his face and sneak out of the of the shop now because he's like totally freaked out. And he calls her. No, you know what? I back myself into a corner. I'm going to track back. So he goes to the bathroom. He splashes water on his face. He tries to figure out, you know, what he's going to do. So he um, he looks through his phone and he recognizes his brother's name and he says, "Hey!" And he calls him up, you know. And his brother calls him, "Look, Tori as well." With, at this point, he writes he writes that off because it's all strange, and he says, "Hey, can you do me a favor?" Uh, without any questions asked, and his brother's like, uh, "Yeah, uh, I guess." <laughs> and then he's like, "Can you like just call me in five minutes and just don't don't worry about what I'm saying? You can hang right up." <laughs> and he's like, "Okay." So he goes back uh, with Sonia, or like two minutes, he says, and he goes back with Sonia, and so he says, "So." Um, you know, so I just figured we'd I'd get a cup of coffee, but I probably got to, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you want to, you know, hang out for the rest of the day or if you got to <laughs> go somewhere. And she's like, well, you know, I probably should spend, you know, some time at the studio and, you know, with the, um, you know, getting ready for the gallery opening, you know, I can't, you know, put it all off till, you know, this weekend. And he, um, he gets the call, you know, as they, from the brother. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he takes it. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I got to, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll be right there. My brother, you know, just car just broke down. He needs me to pick him up. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll pick him up and then we'll meet up for dinner. And he kisses her. You know, she's like, oh, okay. And he kisses her goodbye, you know, and he says, she's like, you want me to come with you or something? She's like, no, 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 it's okay. He's like, she's like, go back to the gallery. I'll meet you for dinner. And so he leaves and rushes out of the restaurant, leaving his cup of coffee and everything. And he gets in the car and he drives to, you know, Main Street in the town and he starts driving up and down the street and he happens to see eventually a small little, you know, Tara psychic shop there. And so he decides, he he parks the car, he takes a few breaths over here deciding whether he really wants to do this. He goes in, he goes to the shop, opens the door slowly, you know, tentatively, looks around, there's a bunch of kind of beads and, you know, crystals and, you know, statues and stuff around. And a woman comes up and this woman looks familiar, but he he can't exactly place it. And mm. she seems to instantly have recognition of her, of him. And she's like, you know, uh, Loctoria. And and he's like, um, do I, you know, and he's like, wait, do I know you or is that just you being a psychic? <laughs> and um <laughs> And she, yes, both. She says yes. Both, yes. <laughs> and she's like, "What do you?" She's like, "What do you mean? Have I really changed that much?" And mm. he's he's like, "I'm sorry. I'm having a day. You're gonna have to jock my memory." She's like, "We went to high school together. We like dated mm. all through high school." Uh, she's like, "It's me, um, Sheila." And. Oh, okay. Sorry. Just hold the phone. I'm just going to throw a thread out there. I'm really sorry sure. for doing this. Literally, this is not your story. This is just this idea that I had. <laughs> it's a reverse. It's a reverse of everything that we've always seen. She gave him the life that he always wanted, 
And, you know, he's high powered red car driving, orange house owning, like high powered Lotario. And he went to her seeking the life that he always dreamed of, which was the green car life, you know, like a laid back, chilled, not anxious, not overdriven kind of a guy. It's the opposite of every time that this story is told. He wants less. He has too much and he wants less. Okay. Anyways, take, take back to your story. <laughs> this happens to me. I apologize. No, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's not too far off where I'm going either. So, awesome. <laughs> um, so, and then suddenly Locatoria remembers, he remembers a, a Sheila who, that he did know in high school, but that he, he kind of, um, you know, he liked and, you know, he asked her, you know, to like a dance and stuff like that, but it was, you know, awkward and he kind of, um, you know, his friends kind of, you know, teased him, you know, cause you know, she wasn't, she was kind of the the weird uh, kid and everything like that. So he just kind of ended up not going anywhere with her in high school, but he does remember, you know, cause they went through high school together and he, so he remembers all these memories and he's like, Sheila, yeah, we, we went to high school together. You know, we, she's like, yeah, we, we went out for all of high school. She's like, no, I, I don't remember us going out for all of high school. I only remember us going on like one, dance or maybe to a movie or something like that and she, she's like and she's like why are you you know and she's like she's like what do you mean and she's like you know she's confused she's like no she's like we we went out for all the time we we, mm. we broke up when we we after we graduated because you went off to um pursue you know you wanted to get your business degree and you you know, wanted to go into the city in new york city and you know get the mm you know, really make a name for yourself in the, uh, in the, on wall street and in the stock trade and everything like that. I, she said, you know, and I didn't want that. We just wanted different things. And she, he says, no, no, we, we went out for a couple dance dances. And he, he's like, she's like, why are you here? Uh, you know, after she like looks at him peculiarly and thinks for a moment. And he's like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not Lotoria. I'm Matthew. I you know that's the that's the name I woke up with this morning. Mm. But everyone's been calling me Lotoria, and I am dating some woman that is some kind of artist or art, owns an art gallery and it's exotic and <laughs> that, but I don't know. And her pictures are in my house. My house is a different color. My car is a different color. And my boss has, you know, <laughs> has a facial hair. He's like, and I think I'm losing my mind. And I, I don't know why before I checked myself into a sane asylum, I figured I would go see a psychic. And she's <laughs> such a logical choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he just puts his head in his hands in exasperation. <laughs> and she's like, I don't, I honestly don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I, anything is happening to me today. I feel like I'm in a bad dream that I can't wake up from. And she's like, well, you know, she's like, maybe. And so she like looks at him and, you know, and she says, well, maybe you have, you know, slipped into a different reality. And he's like, what are you talking about? Mm. And she's like, well, don't you remember? I, I showed, gave you this book when we were, you know, dating that said how there's different re versions of ourselves. And it's, you know, it's, um, it's, you take different life paths and it create every life path you do creates a different version and reality of yourself. And that, the other reality of yourself sometimes intersect 
uh, at different points and you can cross over. <laughs> and she's, and he's like, you never gave me that book. I never heard any of this mumbo jumbo. I, this is stuff out of the movies. And she's like, yeah, the movies, you know, sometimes, you know, stumble on the stuff that's close to reality. And he's, he's mm. she's like, and he's, you know, and he's like, I, I don't understand. I went to bed this last night. Fine. And which just my just the only thing was that I was going to wake up the next day and it was my 40th birthday. And that was it. I wasn't even going to do anything for it. And then they're they're calling me a different name, you know, when I go into work and my I have a different girlfriend who wants to celebrate and she's telling me I'm really 45. And she says, then you're you slipped into another reality. He's like, well, if that's the case, you know me as Latoria. The Sonia knows me as Latoria. My coworkers know me as Latoria. Mm-hmm. Why do I know myself as Matthew? She's like different names cause different realities. We have different life paths we can take. Maybe mm-hmm. you were born in two different life paths and somehow slipped into a different version of yourself with a different name. Mm-hmm. She's she said you said that we only. Um, you know, we only went to a dance. What happened with that? And she explains to her that, well, you know, I don't know. It was all those years ago. He says, you know, we, yeah, you, you kind of were cute and you were smiling at me. I was young. I, you know, it only had like a, you know, first kiss. You know, I was a horny teenager. I, you know, decided to ask you out to a dance, you know, for the school was having, you know, we danced a little bit. He came, we kissed goodnight. I was like, you, you know, um, you know, I said you'd like to see me again. I went to go see a movie. You know, we held hands, we kissed goodnight again, and then I, you know, just decided to drop it. And she said, "Well, we did. That's how our relationship started." Mm. She said in high school, but you, you, you continued it. You know, afterwards, like you, we went to more dates. Those were our first two dates was dancing in the movie, and he's like, "So, so she, he's like, what does that mean?" And she says, then she said there, that's the point then where the lives diverged. She said, so that's mm. the different versions you took. But she said, but and he says, but everyone's calling me Latoria and I'm supposed to be Matthew. And she says, yes, because Latoria made a different decision. It became a new identity. Mm. And, she's, and she said, this is how stuff, this stuff works. And he's like, I don't believe in any of this stuff. <laughs> and and he, she said, oh, but apparently I dated you according to this. Sonia, because she said, yeah, you dated me in high school. I tried explaining you this stuff, but apparently your Matthew version that dumped me, you know, after two dates, never learned any of this stuff. Mm. But you, I, she said, I mentioned it to you. We saw the uh, movie, try and think when it came out. I think this would fit in the timeline, the, uh, the craft, if that's okay. the, because uh, uh, I think that would fit in this timeline. Try and think of, I think, because I'm trying to think, yeah, if he's 24. 20 years ago, it would have been 45, yeah. but I think craft's a little older. So I think that I would love, work out. I love what you're doing right now. You're, you're showing off your writer really clearly to, <laughs> if you're listening to this show and you're not a writer, what he's doing right now, I think is recognizable to all writers is you literally went into edit mode for a second. You hopped out of storytelling moment and went into edit moment. <laughs> I, I do that on a daily basis. When I sit down to write, I'm writing, I'm in flow. And then suddenly some detail that I throw in and I'm like, wait a sec, does that even fit? And it completely ejects you from the story. It's yeah really frustrating and fun um (laughs) (laughs) so yeah anyways go for it all right so she's explained she said to a movie was craft and you know you said that was all hogwash you know that was all bull crap and 
whatever word we can use here. <laughs> you can use any words you want to. You can curse. Okay. I don't care. No. <laughs> and bleep it, bleep it out. If you need to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do like hogwash though. Hogwash really gives hogwash, you a characterization. Yeah. If people are walking around saying that's hogwash. <laughs> we can do it with hogwash. I didn't want to pigeonhole, but we can do it with hogwash. You get character. Um, <laughs> he said it was all hogwash and everything like that. You didn't believe in this stuff. And she said that was one of the things that like she said, you know, that we always argued over as we were dating. And, you know, it was because you didn't believe in the stuff and everything like that. And, I, you know, I think that's, you know, I think, you know, I always kind of thought that was the reason that you, you know, used, you know, to to break up with me. You know, you just used the college for the business successful business as an excuse, although you were always big into the materialistic stuff and the you know, you always want to be money and, you know, get a lot of, you know, wealthy things. And so he says, well, then why is this happening to me? If this if is if what you're saying is true, why is this happening to me? And she said, for some reason, you you split out of here. And she said that the split has to occur since the split changed me. The you know we were in both lives. She said the split has to be something with having to do with high school. And he's like, well, how do I get back um, to to that time to to my original reality? And she's like, well, she's like, there's no real way she's like to get back into it. But she's like, you could try uh taking you know this comp you know she is she she said i can mix you a compound she said that will you know kind of be like a um it will kind of you know like put you in a lucid dreaming state if you take it right before you go to bed and she said you know that's you know might help you get back but i can't guarantee it i don't you know i don't know the exact reason i said she says it has to do something with that so he says will it put me to sleep? And she's like, no, it just will kind of like activate your, you know, um, your, your mental capabilities and your, it'll activate your soul. She said, you know, when you go to sleep. So he, he snatches, he's like, I'll take it. So he, he snatches it. He goes home, he down some Benadryl and he takes the tincture to try to knock himself out. And he does. And he slips into like this half dream state where he starts flashing through all of these experiences, you know, with where he sees multiple lives, he sees the wealth and everything like that with Sonia and then, you know, going to Mexico, he sees a empty life without Sheila, where he's just, you know, he's just a single and he's going to bars. And then he sees, you know, the life with Sheila and he sees the moment where he decided to break up with her. You know, it was when she was kind of showing him, you know, the, um, you know, all the, the stuff that, you know, she was working on and he saw somebody, you know, drive by with a, you know, really expensive car. And he saw like, you know, the, um, you know, all the, you know, he just was like, wow, you know, and he saw, he saw the person get out and he had all this nice suit on and all this jewelry. And he, he keeps reimagining those images that he's seen wealth and everything. He's seen success. And then he saw Sheila kind of working towards the metaphysical stuff and all that and trying to, you know, go more outside the materialistic thing. And he then gets a vision of him and Sheila with kids in, in a house as well. And it's in his dream section. And, he suddenly realizes that he, you know, made a mistake. He pushed away the stuff to go towards, you know, he wanted 
he thought he wanted the materialistic stuff because mm -hmm. Sheila was freaking him out and, you know, was kind of all woohoo out there and everything like that. But that there was really a, a connection on there that he, he, he liked that challenge mm -hmm. and he went and searched for another challenge to, you know, go to college and everything like that and become successful. But it really wasn't as fulfilling of a challenge for him. And that was, you know, what caused him to break up. And the same thing when he was, you know, he, he sees that, that he was always kind of pushing away the challenge that was to get to know her. And so he comes back when he wakes up, he snatches his wallet, his driver license has returned to Matthew, he's back. And he goes to the same shop. This time, she, uh, Sheila doesn't seem to recognize him immediately. Mm because and she's like you know can i help you and then he, she's like you're, you're sheila right and she's like yeah do i know you she and he explains i'm matthew remember we went to high school together she's like oh yeah yeah she we went on a couple dates uh you know how, how you been it's yeah you know, <laughs> she's like did you come to the shop on purpose and he's like look i know this seems kind of out of the blue and everything like that he's like but um you know, I feel really bad, you know, about, you know, what, what I, you know, had dumped, I felt like I dumped you too quickly in high school. She's like, it's okay. We were young. It was kids. You know, she's like, I, I got over it. He's like, um, you know, this might seem kind of forward and awkward. He's like, but would you care to go out to dinner sometime and uh, get reacquainted and catch up? And mm. she thinks about it and she's like, um, sure. Yeah, I guess we could. There's no harm in, in that. Uh, and he's like, you know, and he says, great, you know, and he's like, and he writes down, you know, his number, you know, for her, he gives the number, I guess these days you trade phones. Um, <laughs> yeah. My age, they're writing down numbers. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he's like, okay, well, here's my number. Um, you know, he, you know, he grabs a, you know, a little, you know, he's like, I'll give you my number. And he, you know, he says that, and he's like, uh, let's meet, uh, do you know where the Lucia's is? And, uh, or she's like, yeah, I think it's, uh, actually, uh, called Sonia's now. And he's kind of like, and he's like, um, if it's still a restaurant though. Right. And he, he, she's like, yeah, I think it is just, uh, a different a different name different it's more exotic it's, it's more, more exotic, exotic yeah <laughs> <laughs> and she's he's like uh okay great she's like how about this uh saturday night at eight o'clock uh, and she's like okay sure uh, i'll meet you then and and then he kind of like uh you know goes by he gives a little wave to her and he walks mm. out to his now green car breathes mm. a sigh of relief gets in it and <laughs> drives away the i end. like it i really i really like this story um you took it to some incredibly fun places. I think I'm safe to say this is the first time since I've been doing the storytelling format where I've really dropped into a sense of thematics. I like I was thinking about the themes that were emerging in this story. Um, I've always been a tremendously ambitious person from from earliest memories. Uh, I wanted and, and a lot of kids are this way, but it just never died in me. I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be president. I wanted to play in the major league baseball. I wanted to uh, at one point I wanted to play in the NBA. I mean, I just every time that I glammed onto something, I thought I was going to be like the ultimate number one at it. So this like driving ambition. Um, and I've mentioned on a couple of other podcasts that haven't quite aired yet, but will air in kind of succession that I, I had a guest on recently, uh, and she mentioned having this life where she gets to write for five hours a day and then just relax and enjoy a little bit of pot and look at the water and read books. <laughs> and she, she makes a living that way. And I just thought I've done something wrong because yes. that sounds... <laughs> 
like the green car to me. Uh, it hit me really deeply. I value hard work so much. And sometimes I just speculate for a moment that maybe it's emptier than I realize. Now, I'm not saying that that's actually what your story was saying. Um, that's my story overlaid on your story, which we all get this opportunity to tell stories, to write books. One of my favorite things to do is to read a novel and envision the ways that I might change it if I were in the driver's seat. And I think um, I want to thank you for letting me do some of that while you were telling the story. I hope that it didn't uh, make it uncomfortable for you. I know as writers, sometimes we like to really be in control of the story. And I'm I'm stealing that a bit from you um, by by throwing okay. wrenches in the, now, the system. Like- like I said, I come from a filmmaking background, so I'm very used to oh, collaboration. Yeah. So writing yeah. novels and stories like myself sometimes can be a little bit daunting for me, you know, because yeah, it's, it's, I like it's to a hear that. thing. So no, you were you were great. In fact, I think one of your prompts was what kind of gave me the idea of you know how to end it. So, you know, so that was exciting. Cool. It was exciting. Cool. Yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. So again, for our listeners, let them know your book title. Uh, give them just the the real quick tagline synopsis, you know, cliffhanger that makes them want to buy it and remind them where they can get it and how they can connect with you. Sure. So my book, it, it, my novel is titled Dreaming. And it, I am a sci-fi fantasy writer. So that's why this story was very much in my element. I was, you know, try, I was actually holding back a lot of like, weirder and out there stuff and down the rabbit hole stuff I you know that I could have added in but um so my novel dreaming does go a little bit further um, with some of that stuff it is about a solar system that is um it's not our solar system it's just a solar system I made up world building uh but anyway in the solar system there's 10 planets they each have their own governments but they're all overseen by this spiritual order called the way of the light that is run by this being of light called the spark it was supposed to be a piece of the creator that you know they basically the inhabitants uh worship and, and look towards and in this kind of world there's a mercenary named Aleth who has basically been rejected from society um and so just stays on the fringes and uses these powers that he has from this uh cult that he used to be a part of called the followers of Vuox that he ended up killing all of those members but um so he's the only one surviving member but he still uses their techniques in his mercenary trade he gets sent on an assignment after this person that he's given really no information about but he takes the assignment even though he's questioning the motives of it because it's they're promising him a large reward uh and when he finds this person she is um slipping in she seems to be like slipping in and out uh with you know, different, um, almost realities actually. And it just has a fractured mind and it's, and he doesn't know what to do with her. And as he tries to figure out what to do with her, he finds out that she can dream differently and that dreaming in this world is not exactly what we think of as dreaming. Uh, dreaming is not done while you sleep. Dreaming is when you experience sexual ecstasy and it is a, like a kind of, visional like um almost like a lucid dream slash kind of vision quest trip that Mm. gives you insights into yourself and in the world and it's you know very integral part of the inhabitants of this system but she can do it to a level that no one else seems to be and it sets off a chain of events that Mm. as the system is going through changes it tends to kind of causing things to spiral out of control that sounds great. So that's the book. It is available in both electronic and paperback format on Barnes and Noble and Amazon. 
And you can find me on Twitter. My handle is Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-A, and then Basil, B-A-S-I-L-E. So my last name is spelled just like the spice, but with an E on the end. Perfect. Excellent. All righty. So everybody is going to go out and get your book, most certainly. My next (laughs) call to action, buy Matthew's book and follow him on Twitter and this is the this is the one I want to ask you to do. Give this show uh, a rating on Spotify if you listen there. Really appreciate it. I don't often ask for it during the show, but uh, every once in a while I like to mix it up, spice it up. If you're listening on Spotify, all you got to do is look at the app itself, scroll to the top of the episodes, and there's going to be a little star right there. You just click it and give it your honest star rating. They don't allow reviews, so it's just stars. Um, but Spotify loves stars. I love stars. We all love stars. Thanks so much, Matthew, for being on the show. <laughs> Who with doesn't me. love stars? <laughs> Who doesn't love stars? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being on the show with me. Really enjoyed it. And uh, oh, look thank forward you for to having reading me. your book. Thank you. Thank you. I, and I enjoyed being here. So I appreciate the invite. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening?